Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mine are quite rude, I should say, and I'm a bit worried about it. So. <laughs> I have not heard them. Um, so, I, I mean, I've, now I've built it up like it's awful. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, guys, yeah. it's fine. Shall I go first? Yes, please. <laughs> Set the tone. Let me All know right. what I'm dealing with. Okay. I'm a feminist, but when we needed a new joke about an inappropriate doctor to do surgery on the film set of a feature film I'm making, I pitched one that included the tagline, but he's a gynecologist. And a white straight male actor who was there said, let's not make gynecology funny, shall we? to go, sorry guys, we can't do this because Matt's a feminist. <laughs> and I was just pitching like 10 in a row, like really fast. I agree with him. Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not okay. But it was just in the moment and his face, he's just like a 30 something white straight film star. But he's tuned in. Go on, you go on. Is he single? Um, <laughs> he actually is. And he is looking. Really? Mm. No one believes that I want to go out with someone called Matt because I look like I'm in One Direction, but I do, uh, I do want to. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm a feminist, but sometimes when I'm masturbating, 
iconic misogynist pop into my brain? Like, I've come thinking about Donald Trump. I, d I didn't mean to. The, yeah. I know, it's he appears, and then I'm telling him in my brain, get out of there, but then I'm like, I got it somewhere to be. I may as well just. <laughs> if it makes anyone feel better, I dominated him, but. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Um... I thought you meant he just kind of flashed into your peripheral and you were going, I didn't imagine a yeah. whole role-play scenario. Yeah, I should have gone I with that. I thought it was just like, when your brain offers you the worst thing, because it's just like, frightened of it or something. Yeah. I didn't imagine you'd role-played in your head. I yeah. just, that makes it so much worse. I also, was, you know who, when I was a kid, also Jafar from Aladdin. That, you know Jafar? He's an evil, misogynistic, yeah. wizard, old man. I see he that. He has that stick that he hypnotizes you with. That's, yeah, you need to rewatch it. It's quite hot. <laughs> I don't want to be hypnotized with Jafar's stick. Oh, come on. <laughs> I will not come on. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but today I put two tickets at the box office for a friend. And she texted me and said, they're not there. And that was because I put them under her husband's name. Oh. Okay, I forgot she... Her husband's surname, I'd forgotten she doesn't use his name that she uses her maiden name, which I'm sure is not a term I meant to use. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I say things like maiden name. Um, from when she was a maiden. Because um, I originally knew him, and so I just think of them as the Talbots, because they're a family, they have a kid, right? You are too judgy. She does not go by Talbot. Okay. Yeah, we're I'm... in a safe space, guys. Come on. <laughs> you do one. Do a rude one. I... No, there's one that's too rude. I'll do it last. Uh, I'm a feminist. Oh, this. I can tell now that they're going to react to this too, but maybe not. Maybe not. I'm a feminist, but I sometimes find pregnant people gross. <laughs> Today's show is cancelled. <laughs> I am so okay. sorry. Due to rain. I have friends who are getting pregnant now and they're always oh, it must like... must be awful for you. <laughs> How do you deal? How do you they're deal? No, like, tell us. They're like, touch my belly. Oh, you can feel them moving. No. You come to Donald Trump! <laughs> <laughs> I want to feel your alien baby moving. I mean, look. No, I get it. I get it. It is very sci-fi having a baby. It you is can't it's something say that grows that. inside you. It's a parasite. Yeah, but you just can't say that to a pregnant person. No, no. <laughs> no, we're although there might be pregnant people in, and there probably yeah. are. And if you are pregnant, I we... don't find you. I'm like I don't, but it's just it's when I touch the belly or Let's when get back they're... to Jafar's yeah, hypnotism. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone in this audience is a feminist, but just before this show, they went to the loo came out of a stall and went, May Martin, Susie Ruffle. Oh my God, this is my wife's wet dream. <laughs> Did that happen to somebody here? Yeah. Was I mean, it? they bumped into May Martin and Susie Ruffle. Was that clear? I didn't say wet dream. <laughs> really? That's the story I heard. We heard, that's my wife's wet dream. Is that... What did you say? I said, I said it was a dream. I can't, I don't know what. <laughs> you said it was 
a dream. What a just a dream. Just a daydream or a a great dream? I, you did not say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think there's some. Nobody says great dream. There's some backpedaling going on here. It's my wife's great yeah, dream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I was having phone sex the other day with a woman, and uh, I was just getting wrapped up in the moment, describing things, uh, doing my best, working hard, and, um, and I said, I, "I'm going to come inside you." <laughs> and then, I, and I realized I, I was like. Oh no, sorry, I can't, I can't, sorry. I, I just I, And then I was like, wow, I wish I could. Yeah. But don't get pregnant. Um, <laughs> it's too rude, it's very it, early no, it, no, you're not too rude, it's just too early. Yeah. <laughs> Live from the Annabelle at the Edinburgh Fringe, the Spontanate. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Have you had a guilty week or a feminist week, would you say? Oh, I mean, sort of guilty. And guilty, guilty feminist, is that? That's the show you're in. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I right. see what you've done there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sort of saying, like, there's a mix. Like, I can always tell in the audience who are the guilty people and who are the feminist people. Yeah. Because we're all both. That's the point of the show. But some of us are 60, 40, one way or the other. And some of us are 90, 10. Um, yeah. Our theme today is role models. And May, you suggested this topic. Yeah. Is that because you need one? Or? Okay, yeah. I desperately need one. I'm very obsessive. I have so many heroes. I'm like a super fan of many people. Oh, really? Yeah, I get really obsessed. <laughs> oh, shit. Cool. Is this the point where you're going to tell me that you became a comedian to get on this show? Yeah. <laughs> I have a shrine. You were originally a One Direction fan. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I'm so interested to see how this is going to go. So let's bring our guest on. Um, we can talk about challenge while she's on. She's a wonderful comedian. Uh, she's performing here at this year's Fringe. You must check out her show. Please welcome to the stage, Susie Ruffle. Hello. Hi. How are hey, you? man. Hi. Hi. Hello. The yeah. last time I saw Susie, we were on our friend's hen night. I mean, like, Saturday. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, let me think back to... A few yeah, days ago. Six yeah. days ago. Yeah, go on. It was... I've never been on a hen night. Did you have fun? Yeah. It, it was crazy how we all became... This is all our cool, kind of smart, cool friends. We just became... Like, <laughs> Yeah, just crazy. Became girls it on a head night. It does lower your IQ, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you, know, do you know what I feel about? I feel about head nights. I feel about any large groups of the same sort of people, homogenized. I don't actually even care if it's like a feminist convention, pride, a big group of bankers, environmentalists, the House of Commons. Birds of a feather are cunts. Yeah. <laughs> the TV show. <laughs> no. Groups of people. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you okay. just become like a herd. So, yeah, like yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like you exacerbate mm. each other's worst qualities. Yeah. Until there was yeah. A, did you do anything crazy on the hen night? No, I took my top off. I think. Not yeah. nudie. I had like a crop top on. I was like, woo! No, I'm feeling embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have that brief moment when you're just the right amount of drunk to be like, I'm fucking awesome. 
That's when it's the responsibility of your friends to remind you. Oi. Yeah, I should I have did... been like, put your shirt back on. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you need a role model on a hen night. Segwaying oh, beautifully. Ooh, very nice. Wasn't that beautiful? Nice. It was charming. Do you have any role models? I do. It's a real cliche, actually, for what I do and who I am. Uh, my biggest role model is Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, nice. I, I love her. I, like, I love her early stand-up. Yeah. It's just... There's an album on Spotify called Taste This, and it is just incredible stand-up. Like, long yeah. before she was a famous person, like, you know, big enough to, like, have, like, a, a small deal to put out, like, an audio... Yeah. An mm. audio album, but just incredible stand-up, incredible observations, like, she's just incredible. And then coming out and losing everything and then being able to sort of create a career again is just... I love her. In, like, mainstream, like, middle America, yeah, too. It's like, a, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the difference between a mentor and a role model. And I think a mentor is someone who comes along and says, I think that you don't need to be limited by the expectations of society. Yeah, Ellen or hasn't done that to me. Your, or your... No, no, but I'm <laughs> saying... If anyone knows thing, Ellen, I would fucking love her to do that with me. No, so no, but this is the, I think the difference between a mentor and a role model <laughs> is a mentor comes along and says, you don't need to live with the limitations that society has imposed upon someone who's born as you. And a role model is someone who shows you that. Yeah. So you see them and you go, if I look at my Angelou, I know that doesn't matter what society has limited me with, because whatever society has limited me with, it's always limited my, my Angelou with more. But she's gone out and changed it. And that's what Ellen's, yeah. that's what you're saying yeah. Ellen's yeah, done. Yeah, 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 that although definitely. she hasn't knocked on your door yet, <laughs> <laughs> she still mentored you from afar. That's what a role yeah. model is. Although, yeah, she did. But then at the same time, I remember watching her TV series and being sort of about... 14 and she came out and it was around the time that I was like oh I think I might be gay <laughs> in case anyone was confused uh, okay because uh, it was around that time and I was like oh never tell anyone that thing about you because you lose all your stuff yeah because her show got cancelled people were yeah, burning people... her effigy basically yeah. people were yeah so, yeah, that's true. And she that was, was called, like, Ellen DeGenerate in the press. Like, yeah, again, again, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took me, like, another seven years and quite an unhappy relationship with a man to come out. <laughs> but one cool thing was that Oprah was the one who helped her come out, right? Yeah, and yeah, she, yeah. Oprah was in the scene in the TV show yeah, where she was Ellen a counselor. comes out. Yeah, Oprah was a... So that must have been nice to be like, well, Oprah's on her side. Yeah. But you didn't know you Oprah. You get to come so. out. You get to come out. Everyone gets to come out. <laughs> Yeah, but eventually the fact that she just stayed around and she nevertheless she persisted basically yeah, yeah, yeah. allowed you to go oh she didn't go and crawl under a rock yeah. she actually became one of the most famous influential loved women in America yeah which is crazy when you think about yeah. a lot of America yeah. I remember her big comeback <laughs> stand up hour after she'd yeah, had the show really cancelled and everything the show had been cancelled and she'd kind of gone into hiding for a while and just... went back onto the American circuit it was yeah. like playing the clubs then did this hour where it opened with her she was like I don't want to talk about the controversy and it opens with her doing an interpretive dance just about how so she good. felt it's but so it's good. so funny and then <laughs> she moves on and does it it's great yeah. yeah do you ever feel the obligation to be a role model that if you're not visible that young teenage queer women won't have people in their eye line to look at. Do you feel a responsibility or a... Yeah, like, I, I do a podcast. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> but me and Tom Allen do a podcast. It's just a bit queer. And we get, like, a lot of messages from young queer people being like, oh, I haven't come out yet. You two are my first gay friends. Aww. And me and Tom are like, oh, like, it's really nice. <laughs> but then I don't like the idea of being 
anyone's role model because no. I am a fucking idiot. Like it's, I'm, it's stressful, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not good at life. Like, I'm, yeah. like, I've been here doing my show for two nights. Both nights, one of my friends have had to tell me to leave the courtyard because I'm so drunk. Like, <laughs> I, like, Suze, you're... Do you want to just, you know... Put your shirt back on. You know, yeah. I can't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> I find it tricky because... Um, it makes me overthink things sometimes, but like I had a huge amount of support from the lesbian community, but I also You're welcome. thanks. <laughs> but I also date I date men as well, and I, I was very scared to say that on stage because I sometimes would be I got booed at a lesbian event. I apologize I, for that. Yeah, <laughs> like so it is. It's confusing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- that's a really interesting one because they've made an assumption. Yeah. That you've set out a stall that your representation for their tribe. And then somehow you've taken that away from that group. Yeah, which I get totally. Because I also talk a lot about like not labeling sexuality and how I don't necessarily identify as anything. And then I think that sometimes sounds like I'm in the closet or like mm. I'm saying because I don't want to be that. And that's not the case. But then bisexual people often say that they're the most marginalized, overlooked. No one believes them. Yeah, it's erasure. It's erasure, yeah. yeah. I wish I had a camera in my brain that could show people my Trump dreams. <laughs> Then I could. But then I could. Please put your hands together, make enormous woohooing noises, and break laws if necessary to welcome to the stage May Martin. Great. I have. I have physically stood up to do this. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to talk about my uh, hero, Bette Midler. Yes, any fans? Any Bette Midler fans? Oh my god, she's outrageous. She's vivacious. She's a triple threat. You're telling me, 10 people. (laughs) She's, uh, I love Bette Midler. I'm a huge fan. I guess I saw the movie Hocus Pocus when I was six years old. Oh my God, Hocus Pocus, if you haven't seen it, it's about these three witches. They take over the town of Salem. It's a 90s kind of Disney movie. Bette Midler is the most powerful of the three witches. Oh my God, she's so powerful. It is, it is crazy to believe how powerful. Um, and I was six years old and I saw it. And this is me at six. I had a bowl cut, like a mushroom cut. I always wore a formal men's blouse buttoned up, like crisply ironed. I was a very formal child. Um, Red tartan trousers and a suede waistcoat and a bow tie. Genuinely, that was like my best look. Always like, oh, at your service, sir. Just a lot of like, um, like a Victorian surf. And um, I saw Hocus Pocus. My parents took me to see it 12 times in cinemas. They were so indulgent, my parents. They'd drive me, they'd wait in the foyer. I'd go in by myself, so many snacks. Just like, oh, my usual seat, please. so creepy and um, I didn't realize though that I had a crush on Bette Midler I didn't know that's what had happened right was I'd got a crush on Bette Midler but I didn't I knew that I wanted as this is as far as my thinking had got that I wanted to be physically alone when I thought about her I was like just give me some space so I can think so I'd be at dinner with my parents and I'd be like thank you for a lovely meal uh, if you don't mind I'd like to retire to my bedroom to think about Bette and then in my room, just really sitting seriously and giving it, and my room was a shrine to Bette Midler, just photos all over the wall. There's a photograph of me in my room in my suede waistcoat, posing, just like, cool. And then there's a poster next to my bed of Bette Midler naked, covered in rose petals. And also, like, I had no disposable income. Where was I sourcing these images? Like, they, my parents must have got me that poster. Anyway, um, I had my first sex dream about the witches and Hocus Pocus. 
But I was sick, so I didn't know what sex was. So it wasn't like any sex happened in the dream. There was just a vibe. And I don't know if you remember your first vibey dream where you wake up and you're, you feel kind of guilty and confused, but you're like, I need to get back to sleep to get back to that, that vibey dream. There was in the dream, the witches had kidnapped me and they're gonna steal my soul to make them eternally young. That's the plot of Hocus Pocus. I wasn't a creative genius. <laughs> um, but I swear there was a vibe. I had this sense, I was like, if I can just get back to sleep, I had this sense that the witches would be like, yeah, we're gonna steal her soul, but then maybe we'll fuck her. Um, they never did. Uh, but I've been recently thinking, was I just a fan of Bette Midler or was this like an addiction? Like, cause I, I've had addictive behavior in my life. I'm like, was this just an addiction? Because the definition of addiction is when you're compulsively pursuing pleasure despite it having negative consequences in your life. Guys, seriously, my grades at school were slipping because I was thinking about bet so much. Like, I have report cards from teachers that are like, yeah, May is a good student, but she did do another project about Bette Midler, and it was, it was a math project, and like, it was like affecting my family relationships. Like I played the song Wind Beneath My Wings so many times on repeat that my brother, who was such a peaceful child, he was like, he's just such a calm, peaceful boy. He brought the CD to the dining room table at dinner and snapped it in front of me. And my parents were like, we support him. Uh, it's crazy. But I've been learning about this thing called dopamine, this brain chemical dopamine. And it's kind of the common denominator with all addictions. It's released in the brain when you desire something, right? It's biologically crucial because it motivates us to find food and sex and things like that. But basically, they did this experiment in the 70s where they measured the dopamine levels in somebody's brain when they're eating an apple. All this dopamine is released. They're eating a delicious apple. Then the next day they told the same person, okay, now just imagine that you're eating the apple and picture it as vividly as you can, the way it tastes and feels. And they found the exact same amount of dopamine was released in the brain when they just imagined. So the brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. And if you think about it that way, those witches fucked me. <laughs> What's the difference? When people ask me how I lost my virginity, I'm like, three witches, I was six. Uh, <laughs> How about you? <laughs> I'll do one more thing is I wanted to explain to you that it wasn't just that I was a fan. Like I found the fantasy of Bette Midler incredibly soothing. So this is my, this is how I can explain it. This is how I felt when I was at school and I was being asked to like participate in a group event and I couldn't just sit and think about Bette. This is how I felt. And then this is how I felt when I would get home and I could just sit and think about Bet. Cool. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. This is Deborah Francis White from The Guilty Feminist, briefly interrupting The Guilty Feminist to tell you that I am on tour in Australia and New Zealand. The only date left with tickets now is the Auckland date, the extra show at 5pm on the 29th of October. And then I will be back in the UK. On the 14th of December, I am doing the Standard Issue show in conversation with Sarah Milligan on the 14th of December at Leicester Square Theatre, which I'm very excited about. If you're in London, get some friends together, come out for some drinks and have a bit of Christmas cheer with us. If you would like to donate to the Dahlia Project, 
you can either download our episode, the negotiation special for £5 this month, all the proceeds go to the Dahlia Foundation, or if you go to guiltyfeminist.com forward slash Dahlia Project, at the moment, any £10 donation is matched by local giving. So if you give £10, they will end up with £20. If you give £20, they'll end up with £30. Also, our fabulous co-host for this week's episode, May Martin, is on tour with her show, Dope. If you would like to know dates, go to maymartin.net. Go out and see her live. It really is amazing. You'll hear much more about Bette Midler and much, much more. Back to the podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I've read something about our pansexuality now. Because we're moving away from the binary as a society... And we're saying lots of people are not binary. The bi in bisexuality is, in fact, binary. It's two things. And pansexuality is fluidity. So you might... Somebody who maybe identifies as neither male nor female you might be attracted to. Is pansexuality a better term? Yeah, but also I feel like with heterosexuality and homosexuality... Like, if we just... Why don't we just call it all human sexuality? I don't know why we have to... Even because if you just call it is all just human sexuality, it's so much harder to be human phobic than homophobic. Oh, that's, that's an old. That's that's a, no, oh it's a I'm just. I'm gonna put on a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, there is also an argument that because straight people are not oppressed and marginalised, we do need, for example, gay pride because we're still living in a world where it's a bit like when people say, "I don't see race." Like, yeah. well, then you're white, probably, because, yeah. you know, because you're just <laughs> yes, walking around exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, being all white, life. just like, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just think about all the problems I don't have because I'm white, but we don't tend to, I have to sort of make myself do that yeah. because we only see the bad things that happen to us. We don't see the free stuff that we get. So mm, absolutely I agree, agree that yeah, we're in, not there yet. In a I fantasy so. future, we don't have to fit into a binary box mm. and we don't have to fit into a sexuality box but given we're now in a situation where some people are marginalized and pressed. Oh, yeah, we're still... And visibility is still so important. Like, Alan being so... And Alan yeah. was so important to me as well. And, yeah, we're not I mean, there yet, And we're sure. also not there in, like, 
in this country. Like, I've been homophobically heckled in London. Same. Like, right. I can fix you. Yeah. Like, that's literally what? my yeah. most consistent heckle that I've had. I had it six times this year. A I man said, you. I can yeah. fix you. Yeah. yeah, as in, like, they've got some sort of magic dick. <laughs> Jafar's hypnotism yeah. works. Yeah, that's someone if who actually... If you get heckled by Jafar, just be very careful. Because yeah. his penis is magical. <laughs> just saying. Did you, when you were growing up, did you ever... Like, a lot of my heroes were... Um, Boys like uh, yeah. like River Leonardo Phoenix, Caprio. Young Leo. Right. I was like, that's who I wanted to be because they, yeah, that's very confused. I wanted to sleep with him. I wanted to wear his shirts. I didn't know. <laughs> but did you have that with girls as well? Like, oh, I love her. I want to be her friend. I want to be in love with her. I yeah. want her. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just yeah. Like really. Yeah, confusing. I think, that, I think most people are. Yeah. I, just, I generally scale. we talked about this on a, I think on another show, but I don't know if it's come out or if it's made the edit. But uh, somebody was saying that ten percent of people are gay oh, and yeah, 10% of people that, yeah. are straight. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, I oh, that's, that. I was just listening to the edit, that's it. Yeah. 10% of people are straight and 10% of people are gay and 80% of us are whatever. Like, yeah, but I open. made that up. I mean, <laughs> that is, I should, I should say. So, did you make that up? I yeah, thought, yeah, no, that's my theory. That's my theory. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it, May. I believe, I believe it. it. I believe about it. Right. I love the idea of you, like, giving talks and being like, I have this fact. <laughs> yeah. It's from the Martin Institute. <laughs> Where's that? Yeah, Canada. Uh, it came out of May's head, and we know yeah. what's been in there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's solid. It's, it's yeah. I reckon that's about right. Yeah. But I reckon it's a because in a very real way, if you were on a desert island. <laughs> but also, it can change throughout your life. I think, right? Who said like, it's? Sorry, uh, if, well, I don't know. I just think... I want to know what's happening on this desert island. I'm, yeah. really, I'm really confused about what that segue is. Sorry. Well, you know desert island discs? Yeah. Are we about to do desert island discs? <laughs> no. no. OK, fine. Leo, sure, mate. <laughs> We're saying, would obviously, you have sex with Kirsty? Yeah. Obviously, if I had to do desert island dares, <laughs> some right. of my desert island people... Who would they be, be? Women. Well, if you've only got, like, how many? Seven? Is it seven on Desert Island? I don't understand this thing that we're doing. Well, choose okay, music. We're on seven. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, what if instead of songs, it were people? That you could have sex with? Yes. <laughs> so you throw some women in there. Yeah, as soon as you would. As soon as you take it onto an island and you say that's locked down for the rest of your life, yeah. you'd have to be really uncurious if you would just... This is a great idea for a reality show, by the way. <laughs> I think it might be just Love Island, actually. I think I may, yeah, it is I may be pitching Love Island. Oh, I don't I'm a feminist, but I love Love Island. I've never, never, oh, my God. I've never seen Love Island, but... I've never oh, seen They're me. so stupid, I'm, it's great. Really. I watch it, and I'm like, oh, my IQ's fucking banging. <laughs> <laughs> I have a role model and I have written a piece about her because I want to do her justice. Okay, so here it goes. Um, it just says Siri not available. So that's, <laughs> it's not the best thing I've ever written. Um, okay. Sorry, I just have to find it. May, could you busk? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, it, it must have been cold there in Washington. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
I'm just going to take a moment to say I really, really love working with funny women. I love the fact that I can go because I re just realised I stored this in my emails and I was like, so I'm going to be a couple of seconds. I'm just going to throw to her. I don't know what she's going to do, but it's so nice working with funny women because you go, I know she's going to do something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's so delightful and surprising what she does because she has you awesome comedy skills. You ever know that you're my hero? You know, that's the right song for today. We should end on that. Okay, we, we'll sing that together at the end. You have to remind us. Yeah. And we'll have to sing it in a way that copyright lawyers will not be able to determine that it's exactly the right tune, which will explain why I'm singing it like I'm singing it. Okay. Okay. My role model is also my Elizabethan girl crush, Amelia Lanya. She was a poet, she was a proto-feminist, and she was a class warrior. She died neither virtuous nor young, as I intend to do. She became a record breaker for a woman because she died having given birth at 76. Not, I mean, she didn't, no, she wasn't giving birth at the time. Just women who gave birth in Elizabethan times often died young. She gave birth she still lived to 76. Your life expectancy as Elizabethan woman was longer if you had no children. That's what I'm saying. Her closest rival died at 57. Shakespeare, her contemporary, died at 52, as expected. Um, uh, some critics say that Amelia Lanya had an affair with Shakespeare and that she was the dark lady he wrote about in his sonnets. But I think, fuck Shakespeare. Why do women always have to be defined by the most famous man they've slept with? I don't want to be defined by John Hamm or John Stewart. <laughs> Both men I know I will have an important sexual relationship with before I die. So I want to talk about Amelia Lanya on her own fucking merits. Did she know Shakespeare? Certainly. The population of London was then 86 and 49 of those people were poets and playwrights um, because there was more funding for the arts under a bloodthirsty monarchy than there is under the current government. shag probably because things were really boring before Twitter so people had to make their own entertainment which usually consisted of word games and sexual intercourse but I'm pretty sure both Amelia Lanya and Shakespeare shagged loads of people they just didn't go on about it because they both had awesome careers um, she was born and christened in Boltoff Bishopsgate now near Liverpool station in 1569 her father died of being Elizabethan when Amelia was seven and her mother couldn't afford to keep all her children because she was only on twice the benefits single mothers are given under our current government so uh, she was sent into service at a country house called Cookham, run by Susan Bertie, Countess of Kent. Now, Susan Bertie, Countess of Kent, thought that she was a good influence on the daughters because she was so clever and she was chipping in. So she said, you might as well be educated too. Otherwise, she never would have learned to read. Now, when she was 18, I don't want you to be disappointed, but she became a wag. Um, <laughs> she started shagging Henry Carey, Lord Hunsdon. His mum was the other Boleyn girl. Do you know the other Boleyn girl? Yeah, that was his mother. Uh, he was said to be Henry VIII's illegitimate son. Now, she was 20 at the time. He was 65. Um, uh, he gave her 40 pounds a year and you could buy a lot of corsets and designer ruffs with that. These were her Hello magazine years, rubbing shoulders with celebrities such as Queen Elizabeth I, Marlowe, at Sir Francis Drake. Uh, she was a proper it girl. When she was 23, she got knocked up 
which was one of the most tactless, crass things you could do in the court because the patriarchy goes way back. Uh, so he dropped her like a pregnant brick, <laughs> the way Mae Martin would. <laughs> she probably said, feel the baby kicking, and he went, oh, that's gross. Um, <laughs> oh. It was at this point that I like to think that she realised how superficial the world of the court was and she followed her heart. Enter Alfonso Lanya. He was her age. In fact, he was her cousin. Uh, but, but once removed, so it wasn't incest. Now, he was a musician. He was rock and roll. He was sexy. He played the most phallic instrument there was in Elizabethan times. He played the recorder. Um, I imagine she was like with the groundlings in a mosh pit and he was like... Um, and she was like, oh, he doth play such a lusty melody. Verily, I would blow his recorder. Um, he also, he played at Elizabeth's first uh, funeral a few years later. Um, she... <laughs> She married Alfonso when she was pregnant with Lord Hunsdon's baby because she was a sex-positive, bodily autonomous woman who knew how to work it. <laughs> uh, when her husband died of rock and roll Elizabethan lifestyle, she inherited from her husband a hay-weighing business that he'd been granted but had never really done anything with because he was a waster. So basically, in Elizabethan times, say you had a quantity of hay or straw because they needed a lot of hay and straw then, someone might say to you, how much hay is that? And you'd go, I don't know. <laughs> the lanyards would weigh it for you. I guess so you could sell it, I don't know. So she leased it to her brother-in-law, who was called Innocent, and said, Innocent, if you run it, I'll take 50% of the profits, you can have 50% of the profits. But it turns out that Innocent was not so innocent, and he ripped her off. So she took him to court and won. Um, yeah, she sued him a number of times. And a for a woman in those days to be litigious was incredibly brave. Her son was a flute player, his dad had been a recorder player. You always want your kids to have more than you did. Um, and then he died, and he left Amelia with two grandchildren to take care of, and she needed more money. Um, so she opened a school, and when the landlord wouldn't fix the roof and, you know, things were going wrong, she deducted £10 for repairs from her rent, and he had her arrested. And he sued her. She countersued and won! But he had her arrested again the following year, and the, the thing with parents is they lose confidence in a school if the headmistress is always being arrested. Um, so she ended up having to shut it down and she started writing poetry. Now, if you were on Dragon's Den and someone came in and asked you to invest £50,000 in a successful haywaying business, a school with a strong corporate responsibility programme or a book of poetry, you'd have to say that would be the one that wouldn't take off. But it did. She was the first woman to professionally publish a book of poetry in this country ever. Um, yeah, give me a grand applause for that. Um, there were rich, posh women that did it as a vanity project, but not for money. Uh, but she was the first one that just went, I need money. Here's a book of poems. I'm going to sell it. Uh, she got it published. She's the first published woman, really, essentially, in this country. And do you know why you haven't heard of her? She's a woman. <laughs> She's Shakespeare's sister. And she wrote the most incredible book of poetry. Um, it was called Salve Deus Rex Judiorium. And the main poem, this was the thesis of it. Women are blamed for the fall, basically. In those times especially, it was always said women were the sinful ones because Eve had made Adam eat the fruit. And it was a really big deal. Everyone was super religious and women were really blamed. And astoundingly, not only did she get away with this, but she sold loads of copies. She wrote a poem 
and said, but were we? Was Eve, really? And she used the arguments of the Bible and the church back uh, in order to prove that women were not at fault. And she basically says, if men are lord of all, how was it her fault? She says, for Adam was lord and king of all the earth before poor Eve had either life or breath. And she basically goes on and says, well, he was meant to be the strong one. He knew what was going on. She was seduced by the snake. What the fuck? <laughs> and then she goes on to say, and this is the big one, she honestly goes on to say, and even if we are responsible for the fall, you men kill Jesus. <laughs> you this bit this is from the introduction she says as also in respect it pleased our lord and savior jesus christ without the assistance of man being free from original and all other sins from the time of his conception till the hour of his death to be begotten of a woman born of a woman nourished of a woman obedient to a woman and that he healed women, pardoned women, comforted women, yea, even when he was in his greatest agony and bloody sweat going to be crucified, and also in the last hour of his death took care to dispose of a woman, after his resurrection appeared first to a woman, sent a woman to declare his most glorious resurrection to the rest of his disciples. And then she basically goes on to say, so if you don't like women, you don't like Jesus. <laughs> Thank you very much. heroes uh, growing up uh oh my heroes growing up it's, a, it's a confusing line between crushes and heroes isn't it when mm. you're a kid yeah like Bette Midler <laughs> I don't know what I felt about her I just a lot of feelings a lot of feelings yeah but I, I, I idolized her she's wicked I'm seeing her in September in New York on Broadway uh, oh I thought yeah. you for coffee oh no oh, God, imagine I, do you know what? I really wanted to get her on the show I've been like how God. close is this show to having Bette Midler on it is often a question in my mind yeah because I'm thinking it's got a Sometimes you just have to ask, and people yeah. don't ask. Do you know what? I composed a tweet to her. This is really funny. Yes. Ages ago, and then I deleted it because I was just like, before I sent it, I was just like, this is ridiculous. I can't just tweet yeah. Bette Midler and go, do you want to be on my podcast? You can. It's a well, direct line to Bette Midler. Twitter is amazing like that, yeah. isn't it? I'm yeah. just going to hold off a little bit. Like, if I had a show set up in America, yeah, I would tweet it. her, and I would also contact her agent. Yeah. If that happens, May Martin, will you I'll come out and co-host oh it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, can we just be there? Yeah. Right. I literally, my Lady eyes are bumped. filling with tears. I don't know what, I can't. She is crying. Just imagining it. I don't yeah. know what, <laughs> I'd freak. I, would you, would no, you I'd be keep, all right to do the show? I'd keep it together, I'd keep it together. Yeah. She would not keep it together. <laughs> if she was like, I put a spell on you, remember that? <laughs> In, with her hypnotist one. Yeah. The thing is, I think my idea of Bette Midler is different to the reality, probably. She, in my mind, she's like this sassy dame. In reality, she's quite an intellectual, quiet, shy person. I have a friend that went to see her in Las Vegas and, like, must be getting, like, crazy money. And halfway through, apparently she laid on the floor and went, I'm so bored of this show. Oh! Bette Midler did? I would oh, love wicked. that. I would yeah, love she's that. cool. <laughs> Does anyone have a quick question? Oh, God. Fantasy date with Bette Midler? Fantasy date. I'm, I'm her stage manager. It's her Vegas show. <laughs> you thought about this so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug, Mae Martin? 
on August 23rd, I got a, a half hour special on Comedy Central coming out, so watch Woo! it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then a one hour special that you can download, I don't know where, in September. I was just going to quickly ask you, mm. do you know when that Zayn Malik and uh, what's Zayn Malik's girlfriend called? Gigi Hadid. Gigi. Gigi. <laughs> that was, that was too Gigi hard. Hadid. When that cover came out and people got very angry because they were saying switching clothes is not gender fluidity, I did uh. think on the other side of that, if you were a non-binary teen or you're a queer teen in some way, having a sort of very famous boy band, very famous model, switching clothes does make your life a little bit easier at school, doesn't it? If you're For just sure. like, yeah, you know what I mean? I did think, like, people have... I understand the response, but I also think it would be great to also celebrate that we're at a time now when one of the most famous boy band people, like yeah. role models in the world. And like, pick your battles, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was a good thing. Yeah. Because if I was at school and I'd be like, see, I can wear this, fuck it. Zayn Malik's wearing this. Yeah. Gigi's wearing that. Totally. Fuck you. <laughs> Susie Ruffle. Yeah. Uh, I, hi. Uh, what have you got to plug? Uh, I have a show uh, that is called Keeping It Classy and uh, it's about uh, class and feminism and being gay and loads of other stuff really. Also that I was a member of Reptile Club. Come see it. Uh, it's on every day in the Pleasant's Courtyard at 9.45. To keep track of everything we're up to, you can follow Guilt Fempod on Twitter or The Guilty Feminist on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page you can like and a mailing list you can sign up to. And if you like what you hear, please go to what we're now supposed to call Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people discover the show. Did you ever know that you're my hero? And everything I'd like to be. So I'm gonna cry. So we need to we need to crack on with the feminism. Do I um, say something too? Or no? Uh, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm really. I mean, you guys have to be so patient with me. No, no, we don't. We don't at all. Uh, I mean, we do. I mean, we, I mean, I mean, because there's no need for patience. Yeah. Not like don't be patient with her. Yeah, I don't mean that. No, um, be really harsh. Hi, I'm Sophie Hagen. You may know me from such things as co-hosting episode 1 to 29 of The Guilty Feminist. I'm just here to let you know that I'm on tour of the UK and Denmark with my brand new stand-up show Dead Baby Frog, which is about emotional abuse. My whole tour is anxiety safe, it has gender-neutral toilets and disabled access all around. Go to sophiehagen.com to find out what I mean by that, to find out where I'll be and to get tickets. And whilst you're there, sign up for my newsletter. And why not listen to my new project, The Made of Human Podcast. Bye! 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com